Our world is full of stimulation from various sources. This stimulation is caused by dopamine in the brain, which is responsible for feelings of pleasure, happiness, and joy. With the advent of technology bleeding into our everyday reality and the misuse of certain elements of life, it is becoming clear that most people, especially millennials, are becoming addicted. Our brains are being wired to seek out these various sources of dopamine to satisfy our own desires. This is the most fundamental form of the matrix. It's a matrix that we are drawn into, a system of control that our brain wants more of and we are either aware of it or not. Every major aspect of the matrix relies on our use of dopamine to keep our attention and keep us living mediocre lives. This episode will detail these dopamine addictions and how to escape them. So welcome back to Matrix Breakers. We are getting into a subject that is very, very powerful. And if you do decide to listen to this entire podcast, I promise you it could revolutionize your lifestyle, um, the way you live life. Because I can't tell you how important this is. And so better yet, just get this thing rolling, right? First thing uh, that we need to ask ourselves is, what is dopamine? Well, let's check it out. Uh, dopamine is a type of neurotransmitter. Your body makes it and your nervous system uses it to send messages between nerve cells. That's why it's sometimes called a chemical messenger. So I'm reading from WebMD, by the way. Dopamine plays a role in how we feel pleasure. It's a big part of our unique human ability to think and plan. It helps us strive, focus, and find things interesting. Your body spreads it along four major pathways in the brain. Like most other systems in the body, you don't notice it, or maybe you uh, even now you know no, you don't even know about it uh, until there's a problem. Too much or too little of it can lead to a vast range of health issues. Some are serious, like Parkinson's disease. Others are much less dire. Um, yeah, so that's the that's essentially the um, the WebMD definition of it. And just to give you an idea, dopamine is essentially the, uh, it, it's the motivation for life. It is the motivation for life. Like that's me putting it simply. For you to even want to go and get food, it's actually dopamine that's driving you to even get the food. Um, it's not necessarily your appetite because your appetite may be some other physical thing that's happening inside the body while the chemical processing that's happening in the brain is dopamine. So the dopamine's driving you to get that food, right? Now, in primitive purposes, uh, the dopamine function in the brain was for survival. Uh, to seek out pleasure came naturally as a result of eating food, hunting, gardening, sex, fighting, etc. So there's very basic primitive levels of dopamine. So you don't, it's not like dopamine's this new thing that people are having trouble with or people are starting to realize is a real thing. No, this is a it's a it's a natural process in the body that is extremely useful and essentially like I mentioned the motivation for life. So by you applying it in the right directions, you can essentially accomplish anything. And that's the secret of the podcast today. So, you know, my personal relationship with with dopamine addictions and things. So recently, I think about a month ago, I was scrolling and I saw a video about dopamine addiction and I think it was referring to social media 
Um, the guy in the podcast talked about um, social media addiction, video game addiction, porn addiction, and a, and a handful of other things, things we're going to get into today. And so for me, I'm like, hey, you know, this is uh, this is really interesting because I find these dopamine addictions with social media a lot for me personally. And I was resonating with what this guy was saying, and he was basically sharing that you, you need to go on this detox, right? And then I started going down the rabbit hole of dopamine detoxes. Now, you can go on YouTube right now and find out all these different, you know, things about dopamine detoxes. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about steps to take. And this is my own process because it's my own story for what actually happened. So as of recently, sort of like a month ago, finding out that this dopamine thing is a reality and that if you just took a little bit of a break from some of the things that are naturally giving you dopamine, that you could actually start to be motivated by things that are beneficial for your life. And so, you know, I kind of I think that next week I decided, hey, I'm going to get off social media. I'm not, I'm not the type of person that's like going to announce that on social media and be like, oh, everybody, you know, I'm going to get off social media. Like, no, it wasn't necessarily like that. It was just more of a personal decision um, that I was wanting to seek out and just say, hey, you know what? I wanted to see what it was like to just not be on in the scroll hole, right? The scroll hole of just you know, you're looking at somebody who got pregnant and this is great for them and someone's getting engaged and someone's doing this. I mean, on Facebook, more or less. On Instagram, it's just a bunch of random videos and stuff that just pops into your feed. So I figured, hey, what what could my life, how, how can my life benefit if I were to eliminate these things for a little while and I gave that a try. And so for me, um, I immediately saw some benefit uh, it was, it was smaller. I, I think, I think I should have taken it even more seriously, but I think what I did was like, I removed the apps off my phone or something, but I just, but it was like, I still had it. I, I don't know. I wasn't that serious about it, but I did recognize that, Hey, you know what? That dopamine thing could be, could be a real, a real thing. So I did become during that last month, I would say, and this has been in me in general, but I've been more aware of my phone usage uh, mainly my phone, and then also uh, playing games, and then even sometimes um, in conversation with people, uh, just just draining my energy, just talking with people about random stuff, random problems that they might be having, right? So yeah, anyway, I just think that for me personally, uh, I made some changes in my life. I saw a little bit of a difference, but it wasn't until I... It snowed recently here in Colorado and I was getting out of my car and I had my phone in my back pocket and I think I was like climbing up a stair or did something and the phone just plopped out of my pocket and landed right in the snow. Now, if this has happened to you before, if you go to charge your phone, maybe a few minutes after that or so, it will say liquid detected in the phone and so it won't actually charge, right? And in this case, it did that but this, it, the charger port, it wasn't just the charger port that wasn't working. It was the, even the wireless charging. So, so there was no, there was no function whatsoever of charging happening with my phone. And I, I just, you know, that night that I recognized that I recognized my phone was going to die and I tried to charge it in these various ways. And I was like, you know what, um, whatever, you know, I just know that my brother, and by the way, funny enough, my brother had experienced this, I think for like half of a day where his phone was not working. 
So he looked, he was the one going down the YouTube rabbit hole. So all I did was ask my brother, I said, Hey, what did you do? He's like, well, uh, I just left it alone. That's all I could do. And he personally was able to get it wireless charging because you know, you could just set it down on a wireless charger nowadays. Well, my phone wouldn't even charge on a wireless charger. So for a moment there, I think at the, at the at night and then later the next day, I was a little worried about my phone in general. I thought my phone might've been honestly broken. And so what happened was I just said, hey, you know what? I'm gonna let go of the phone and just move on. So I did. And so the next day I woke up and I, I checked my phone, didn't work. The charger didn't work, nothing worked. So I went to the gym. And now for those of you who watch my Instagram story, you might be sort of re reliving this exact same story because I did go off on an entire rant on Instagram recently. But by the way, I'm a little stuffy and I went through a whole fatigue thing the last few days. So if that's what you're hearing, that's definitely what's happening. But I go, I wake up, I have my normal morning routine. My normal morning routine doesn't necessarily engage my phone anyway. So I went through my normal morning routine, did my agenda, and I went to go work out. Well, you know, I went to work out and it, I hadn't worked out without music in a long, long time. So I did feel a little bit of just not as motivated. And then I think it was in the middle of my workout. I felt this just this this feeling of just, anxiety and then sadness <laughs> uh it just came over me and i had just no energy to to even work out it was this like really uh, sad feeling and of course i'm very conscious about the fact that i don't have my phone so i'm i'm sitting there thinking wow you know what i think i'm literally experiencing withdrawal symptoms from not having my phone and I, I, I recognized that, had some self-awareness, and I said to myself, wow, this is, this is interesting because this shows how addicted that I am to my phone, just my phone in general, which really means just like social media, but also it's like day trading, like it's everything. Like there's so much we do on our phone now that we're constantly on it that we're not recognizing, you know, how little or how much we use it. And so in this moment, I recognized that at the gym, I said, hey, you know what? I am feeling this type of way because I don't have my phone. So while I didn't feel any better knowing that, um, still, I just went through it. Well, I went home, started cooking breakfast. And for me, it happened pretty quickly. I think that within an hour or so, that's pretty quick. So during this sort of hour period of depression, I was cooking my breakfast and I just got this surge of energy to all of a sudden want to, I was motivated, okay, motivated to do the things that I really wanted to do, right? Like my podcast, I haven't done my podcast in a few months, uh, really just been going inward, working on some courses, working on some other things. And so I said, I really wanna do a podcast. So I did a podcast and then I started working on this course that I'm working on, did some yoga and I got all this done. So I went through this whole rant on, on Instagram about this, but I had no phone. So by the way, of course, I'm trying to get the phone to work. I'm trying to charge it. I'm trying to do all these things and it's not working. So I really just accepted that I was not gonna have my phone during the entire day. And so the day I just, I went on this walk, I was in nature, I came back, I was just really just with myself. And so what I noticed was that I was genuinely motivated, genuinely feeling energy to do the things that we all want to do, but we don't do. And I'm gonna explain all that here later on, my steps is like steps to take for you to try this as well. You kind of get the point already. But that's my personal experience that just happened last week. So I figured, hey, you know, I'm gonna do more research about dopamine, learn about it, learn about the chemical balances, 
and learn about its function in our brain, its function in our lives. And so I've done another deep dive and I figured, you know what, I'm going to do this for my podcast because people listening to my podcast, they really ought to learn about this entire, you know, process that we go through when it comes to dopamine addiction, right? And yeah, I think that, you know, there's there's certain levels to it. Uh, and some people are not as addicted. I think some people are, but I will, after I go through a few things with you here, I think you're gonna find out that there's definitely some vice that you may have that's causing what I would consider artificial dopamine release. And so we're gonna go over that. The first aspect of dopamine that is addictive is something I've already talked about, which is which was my issue, which is social media, okay? So just for um, shits and giggles here, we're going to go over some statistics, okay? An estimated 330 million people will potentially suffer from internet addiction in 2022. So it's it's so in this particular they're talking about social media, but there are also these studies that you know that are that deal with social media because if we're talking about the internet, we're talking about social media. So let's see. Some teenagers spend up to 9 hours per day on social media while others like the average time spent on social media each day is two hours and 27 minutes. So you're spending two hours, two and a half hours of your life on average, that's the average person, on social media of some kind, okay? Facebook is the third most visited website in the world, okay? 37% of females and 31% of males age 16 to 24 prefer Instagram as a social platform. So. Again, if you're listening to this and you're on Instagram and you feel like that's what you want to use as your social media form, that's what it is. 85% of teens use YouTube, but they say they prefer Snapchat. So Snapchat's more for teenagers, right? And then now kids spend an average of 75 minutes per day on TikTok. Think about that for a second. TikTok videos are what, like a max? Are they like a minute? Maybe even most of them are less than a minute. And you're spending 75 minutes a day on TikTok. These are children, by the way, children. So let's see some other statistics. There's a bunch of them. Uh, The rate of individuals reporting major depression in the last 12 months increased 52%. So that's interesting. 27% of children who spend three or more hours daily on social media exhibit poor mental health. The majority of teenagers with low social well-being feel excluded when using social media. So there's so this article goes over a lot of different sort of elements that go into social media addiction. And these are some of the things that I thought about, okay? Imagine how social media started, okay? Social media started with just being, you know, Facebook or even, well, actually, it started by being MySpace, right? And probably even before that, you would say social media was these random websites on the internet that became like blogs. So these were like blog websites, uh, I don't even think Adobe was out yet, you know, with video and stuff. So I think what happened was it was, you know, it was blogs, then it was YouTube, then MySpace, and then Facebook, and then Instagram, and then Twitter, and Snapchat, and all this other stuff. So I want you to imagine how how social media has evolved. I've noticed personally that TikTok is obviously these very, very short clips, and they're all just, it's, it's, it takes a very little attention span to be on TikTok. I mean, 
you're everything you swipe it's like every three or four seconds you're like swiping and just watching and swiping i mean and that is so fast-paced that what i've recognized personally is that even for those listening to this podcast most of you will not finish this podcast because you do not have the attention span for it you legitimately cannot do it because you're or you are listening to this while at the same time you're like on social media right now or you're you know texting somebody or you're doing something else and so that's because our attention spans are becoming less and less. And this is another thing that goes into the dopamine aspect, which is this idea that we are so sucked in to this world that is being created for us and we are motivated to be in that world artificially. And this brings me to what they're, what they're coming out with, which is the metaverse. The metaverse is not just going to be this new form of Facebook, they've called it, right? The metaverse is a world of data, a, a data-built world that is used with VR. And VR will essentially take you to work. It will take you to play. It'll take you to a concert. It'll take you on a date. It'll take you anywhere you want to go. You just have to put your VR headset on and then the person who you want to go on a date with puts on that VR headset and then that's the metaverse. And the metaverse is a reality. I don't even, I don't want to say parallel reality, an artificial virtual reality of a, a world that exists only in the technological space. I want you to think about this now. I, I know you get it. I know you get that simple version of it, but I want you to think even deeper of what this is. I'm talking about digital real estate in this new world of technology that you are going to be plugged into via a VR virtual reality camera system, goggles, and you will prefer that world because what we've noticed, which we're going to get to in video games later, is that your reality is so distorted, even when you play video games, that your brain does not know the difference between you actually playing the game and being present in that reality and the fact that it's a video game on a TV screen that has nothing to do with you whatsoever. Your body reacts the same way in these games, whether it's a scary part of the game or whether it's a happy part of the game or a sad part of the game, your body actually genuinely reacts uh, organically, thinking that that isn't a real experience. Well, I'll get to that later, but I want you to imagine a VR world where we'll talk about the social media part, which is the social media part is just it's, – it's the evolution of social media. It is you inside that world. And imagine all the dopamine that's going to be released there. You're, you're literally not going to have the motivation to leave your own house. We already have this problem right now. We have people not even wanting to leave their own house. They want to work from home. They just don't even want any friends anymore. They just have all their gamer friends or they have all their social media friends, this clout, which, by the way, is seeking validation from the wrong sources. There's all these different elements of social media that are good, but then there's also these these elements of social media that are just not just that they're bots or whatever, but that these people are not, they don't actually have an impact on your life, but yet you care so much about what they think or what they say in a comment thread, you know, on, on social media. And so as I'm saying this, of course, I'm live on Facebook. So it's not like I don't use social media. It's, it's, we do do, we do use it. I talk about offense and defense, you know, with social media, defense is you on the defensive is when you're receiving information you're scrolling through and you're sort of 
you know, you're just you're just observing content, you're you're consuming content, you're a consumer. Whereas when you are um, on offense, offense on social media is you doing post creation. So you're creating content, you're a producer. And so as a producer, you're actually contributing to the overall uh, experience that others are having on social media. It's not that it's a bad thing. It's just that you have to have a balance between offense and defense. Make sure you do that if you're going to be on social media, period. Right now, what we're saying is that social media creates this artificial feeling of dopamine. You get so much dopamine just from scrolling and being entertained. And the reason why that is, is because social media is designed to do that. You see, the greatest marketers on the planet, the greatest business people on the planet rely on your dopamine to stay wired in on what the fuck they are saying, what they want you to hear, what they want you to experience. And so we have to recognize that this is the same reality for social media, for Instagram, for Facebook, for all these different things. And so until we realize that, <clears throat> we'll always be addicted, we'll always be hooked. And that is the thing, until you know, that's what it is, right? Well, imagine, you know, you have a, uh, well, well, hold on. Right, so I'm reading from my own notes here. Um, when you're living on social media, it's always a game of comparison. Uh, you re you're actually not present with your life, with your own personal life. Imagine you're dating a boyfriend. You swear you love him. You swear. But then you see Dan Blitzerian or the fray. Or you see like Logan Paul or whatever on his social media and you're like, oh, oh, yeah, well, that guy is really attractive. And, you know, that this is like comparison, like, well, my boyfriend's not that attractive or my girlfriend isn't that attractive or is it look, they, she doesn't look like this or whatever. And that's always comparison. It's not even just about relationships. It's about yourself. It's about like what you can't have, what you don't have. You know, it's um, be very mindful of the people and the influences that you have. Like if you are, you know, I don't know if you're following some, I don't mean to put somebody down, but like if, if you're, if you're five foot four and you're following NBA stuff and you love the NBA and you're, you, you just, you want to be a NBA star, you know, and your, your favorite person is LeBron James. I would personally tell you like, Hey man, I think it's kind of unhealthy to just be like following LeBron James, like I, you'll never be that. Like you literally are five four. You'll never be in the NBA, dude. Like you'll never be. So I'm not trying to crush anybody's dreams, but what I mean by that is like, what are you comparing yourself to, and and what are you comparing others to? How are you comparing your life experience with other people's life experiences through social media? There's so much about social media that is so fake, that is so not real that. People have to recognize that. And until they do, they'll continue to be sad and depressed. And again, this is taking away your dopamine. Think about it like this. It's taking away your life motivation. Your life motivation is being sucked in to this social media thing, right? So I put this in parentheses uh, or in stars, really. But if you want to have an edge in life, mitigate your social media addiction. 
realize that if you know that most people, especially millennials, so if you're young and then you're thinking of other young people, so most millennials and most younger people, even I would say even below the age of 40 at this point, below the age of 40, you are addicted to social media. Most people are hooked onto social media. By you avoiding that or mitigating that 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 addiction, meaning like, oh, you're on it, but you're not on it as much or whatever it is, by you even taking any action whatsoever to take you out of that equation, that puts you, uh, I think that gives you an edge in life. I think that that puts you at an advantage because you're not sucking away your dopamine, which is a naturally great hormonal chemical balance in the body into this social media. You're not sucking it away while others are. So every day and every moment you spend off social media, it's a day of victory. It's a moment of victory. I want, you, I want you to really think about that. Like that sounds insane and too too in depth about social media, but that that is totally true. It's totally real because of everybody else's addiction. And I always want to find an edge. Me personally, I always want to find an edge. Like what are people struggling with that I'm not? And 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 just take advantage of that. Realize that I'm not struggling with that anymore, right? And then you're like, wow, I am so ahead of the game. That of that the fact that I'm not struggling with ABC, I'm ahead. So, uh, and, and I'm not trying to, it's not a competition, but it kind of is, right? I mean, the world is full of competition and that's the natural entrepreneurial side of me. And so moving on to the next subject, you know, video games, you know, video games are incredibly addictive. Uh, I do, I think it's more of a guy issue. I think men obviously are naturally more, I guess you could say attracted to video games and playing video games and then being hooked on video games. Women have their own vices, so they're not necessarily innocent of that. But let's say that they are also experiencing video game addiction. Well, I was addicted to video games. You know, it's like I don't know that. But yeah, growing up as a kid, it was like middle school, really. I think middle school and high school started to recognize it. Uh, Well, I didn't really recognize it. I just was playing video games all the time. Um... I still had a life and I had a lot of friends and stuff, but you know, so I wasn't a total just like freaking wirehead. I did have a balance, but I do recognize today that that was an, a form of an addiction for sure. I was most definitely addicted to playing video games and just that 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 screen time is what it is. That screen time, and so this is kind of what I was reading about. Let's see. This is from the Mayo Clinic. And the question of the top of the article is, uh, are video games another addiction, right? And so too much screen time. This is what the screen time, especially video games, too much screen time has been linked to. Obesity. This one's a big one right here. Poor sleep or insomnia. If you are wanting better sleep at night, try putting away your phone early, turning off all your lights, and reading a book. That's the best advice I could possibly give you if you want better sleep. Behavioral problems, including impulsive actions, that's what it's linked to. Loss of social skills, 1,000%. 1,000%. This is so true. Video games lead to a loss of social skills, like a video game addiction. Let me, let me, let me phrase that. Video game addiction, because some people can play video games and be fine, uh, but video game addiction. Uh, there's a link to uh, less time for play, less time for outside, other stuff. 
eye strain, neck and back problems, anxiety, depression, and then of course difficulties with work and school. I think those are kind of sort of subprime. Uh, how can gaming become an addiction? An addiction is defined as a person's inability to control use of a substance or behavior despite negative consequences. Some people who are engrossed in screen time or video games while ignoring other normal activities could be close to meeting this definition. So why does this happen? The reward center in the brain releases dopamine in response to a pleasurable experience or hyperarousal. If a person experiences hyperarousal while playing video games, the brain associates the activity with dopamine. The person develops a strong drive to seek out that same pleasure again and again. Dopamine is a powerful neurotransmitter in the brain. It helps sustain people's interest and attention which is why it can be hard for people to tear themselves away from a situation or behavior. Symptoms of screen time or video game addiction. Here are some symptoms, guys. If you're feeling these or you feel like others in your life that are important to you that you want to send this message to are feeling these, then please listen up. Having intense urges for screen time or to play video games and these urges block out other thoughts. That's important. Spending money on video games even though you can't afford it, even though you can't afford it, cutting back on social or recreational activities because of preference for screen time or video games. Think about that. Continuing to play video games or participate in screen time, even though you know it's causing problems in your life, such as poor performance at school or work or letting household responsibilities go. Uh, that's, that's a big one. That's a big one. I, I personally have felt that with my roommates. Displaying signs of irritability, anxiety, or anger when forced to stop playing, even for brief periods of time. Lying to others about the extent of your use, needing more video games over time to get the same level of enjoyment. So now you're playing more, can't get the same you know, level of, of dopamine, right? And, oh, this is funny. I, I think this, this is just negligence in your appearance, including lack of interest in grooming or clothing. Let me, let me actually just help you with that. Lack of sex drive, literally. Your sex drive is what drives you in life. And I'm gonna go into that later too. So I wanna be abundantly clear about that. Video games are 100% addictive and they are, they're, they're you know, they're, they can literally ruin your life because they zap away the dopamine, which is the, again, my phrase, Motivation for life, literally the things that you really want to do, zaps that away, right? So imagine, okay, that's that's how I was feeling in high school. I was addicted. But, you know, I grew up and I got very interested in business and college and stuff. And when I was 19 years old, I sold my Xbox 360 and my plasma screen TV that I had in college. I sold it and I, uh, you know, I wasn't, I didn't really deal with it anymore, Right. And so I think from that point, I, you know, I was, I started reading books. I actually picked up other habits. Naturally, I didn't really think about dopamine very much. I was just thinking about, you know, my distractions and, and just things I was just trying to work on. So I sold the stuff. I didn't want it anymore. It didn't really serve me anymore. Well, then about, about two and a half years later, I actually went to Best Buy and I went and bought a TV and I went and bought Xbox One. Remember when those that's Xbox One came out? And I remember thinking to myself, you know, my life has been pretty good without this entertainment system. I wonder what's going to happen when I buy this again 
and uh, you know, how is it going to fit in my life? And then how do I balance this, right? What I noticed when I bought it again and I set my whole thing up, yeah, I was excited to play some video games, but what I really noticed was like, I really wasn't that motivated anymore to play video games. I, I played them at a, you know, at length and, and, and with discipline, I just played them a little bit and I wasn't that addicted. And so actually funny enough to this day, I have the same exact setup. Um, and I only play video games every so often, every so often. And it takes a lot for me to even go into it. And I only play like one or two games that I like to play. And I think that that's helped me a lot because there's parts of me even to this day that has this like inner child that wants to play games that like wants to play video games. And one of the things that I'm dealing with right now in this house is super smash brothers. My brother loves that game. We've loved that game since we were kids, but he loves that game on a deep level. And so funny enough, I live with a bunch of roommates right now. And so as guys, like we love playing that game. We'll get into it. We'll freaking play it for like an hour or two hours of our time. We'll be playing that game. And so, yes, I'm still dealing with my own level of like, oh my gosh, but I will say funny enough, it's with people. So while I'm still dealing with it, I'm like, hey, at least it's some community bonding, funny elements of life that kind of bleed into each other. Who knows? So I want you to imagine though what that's like today with like, oh, we have Xbox and stuff, but you all know either your boyfriend or hell, your girlfriend or yourself uh, or a friend of yours or whatever. They are just hooked on a video game and they are just, they literally live in a different reality. This is kind of where we're heading into. Imagine VR game systems and imagine the metaverse and imagine cryptocurrencies. I know that there are games right now that have cryptocurrencies that you can earn by playing the game itself. That's a whole world of things when you think about it. And so it's it's like this is a really scary time and place to be in. You know, I think that um you know, gaming in general has a huge historical context. So it's not that gaming is bad because like games have been, you know, you play card games, right? You play board games and like the board games go back like centuries and centuries ago. So to sit here and say gaming is bad is, is, is not, is not the same video games. However, because they're on a screen, they have different chemical reactions inside of the brain. They're able to sort of create an experience that is unmatched from some board game that you're playing. It's not the same. It is not the same. So again, once again, creating this, what I would call artificial dopamine release, which is getting dopamine from sources that are not beneficial to your overall life, okay? So another aspect of this is something we're getting dopamine from that a lot of people are not willing to admit for some reason is marijuana and of course other drugs. Now, drugs including marijuana release dopamine and can cause addiction. This is why there are still withdrawal symptoms when you quit smoking pot, while other people still believe marijuana is not addictive. While cannabis does not have the same chemical compounds as methamphetamines, the dopamine reliance is still a reality. So this is very true. Um, anybody telling you that like, you know, weed is not addictive or cannabis does not have addictive qualities, that is just a flat out lie. Cannabis is 100% Still addictive, not because it ha has chemical imbalances <clears throat> in the in the substance itself. Because I I can't say that it's 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 the same as you withdrawing from heroin or anything. That's not the same experience. I know that for sure. Uh, but however, you are experiencing artificial dopamine. 
So this dopamine is being, you know, run through all the time when you're doing, when you're smoking pot. Uh, you know, I know this because I am a marijuana user myself. Uh, but I do it very occasionally, very occasionally. Once again, a story of my own is smoking pot in high school. Um, high school for me, I was addicted, but similar to the, how I sold my uh, game system and my TV when I was 19, when I was 18, I went to college and I did not bring my my bongs and my weed and, and you know I didn't have any I didn't have anything to smoke out of and I never knew, learned how to roll a joint. Ironically enough, I was 18, and so I I, I went to uh, I went to college and I lived my life and I, I I went without having any means to smoke. And so what I mean by that is like, okay, I didn't have a TV or, or Xbox, let's say, but that doesn't mean I didn't want to play whenever I you know, went to a friend's house. Does that make sense? So just because I didn't have a pipe or I didn't have any weed on me all the time, uh, like I did in high school, that doesn't mean I didn't want to, you know, I, I still did it. It wasn't like a discipline or anything like that. It just was like, Hey, I don't want to get caught smoking pot. This is back in Texas, you know? So I was like, I'm not going to have it. I'm going to college. I don't know what's going to happen there. So I'm not going to really get it. And guess what? I actually disciplined myself. I never got a means to smoke at all until about 2000 and, uh, 2017. So that was in 2013, almost five years, five years later, I bought myself a, like, a, like a, like what you call it, like a piece, you know, like to smoke out of, um, I don't have it anymore. But the point is, is like, I had that, you know, uh, and just like buying a TV and, and an Xbox, I was worried that if I bought, you know, some kind of marijuana piece to smoke out of and stuff, that I personally would get addicted again. And once again, I proved to myself that I was not an addict and I was not addicted to marijuana because I would not smoke that much. I bought some weed here and there and would smoke here and there, but really not that often and definitely not as often as I did in high school. So again, I'm going to make this point. I think that when you do decide to take the steps that I'm going to do, that I'm going to finish up with on this podcast, if you do take these steps, um, I do believe that you don't necessarily get that same dopamine addiction again. I think that you can mitigate that by disciplining yourself. And so we'll get into that later in the steps, but I think that that is a really, really big deal. And I've, I've learned from even this Wayleaf cannabis thing. I don't know if they had many statistics, but they did say that there were studies that showed that because of the dopamine release that cannabis uses and causes that it, you know, you, you could say that, that cannabis is addictive and, and that it has these qualities of dopamine. So um, did you know, like many drugs, marijuana in the short term will increase the dopamine level in the brain. So again, is that part of the healing process that marijuana has for the body? Absolutely. I'm sure. Like if you're sad and depressed, I think that like THC can help you, you know, uh, mitigate these feelings. So it's not a it's not a downplay on on marijuana or its use. It's it's very useful, but everything that's useful like this has its limits. It has its limitations, and you have to be able to balance it out and realize where you are with that. Now, the other aspect of 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 dopamine is gluttony. You know, uh, similar to marijuana and drug use, eating certain foods can release dopamine, usually for survival. This can be helpful, obviously, if you're hungry. It's the same as having a craving. Uh, but this also pertains to unhealthy foods as well. So your um, your brain does not know the difference between a carrot and a chocolate bar. You know, like it, 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 the brain every time, you know, 100 times out of 100 is going to want the chocolate bar. 
every single time because you're like, I don't want the carrot. I want the chocolate bar. Now, your conscious mind, your logical, practical mind says, hey, I'm not going to be driven by this craving for a chocolate bar. I know I need the carrot. What's that What's that part of your brain? It's, it's, it's that part of your brain that's saying, look, I know that that carrot is going to benefit my life overall. And uh, be, before I go into it completely, I just want to say that that's what we're getting to here is that dopamine can be used in a positive way. There's, there's definitely uses for it. It obviously is useful. It's part of our lives. It's part of our biology. And so because it's being used in a negative way so often, people talk about it in a negative thing. But in reality, if you, if you transition that and you make it into a positive, it can actually motivate you to do more positive things. So we're going to get to that in a minute. But your brain doesn't know that difference. And uh, if you want to avoid sort of feeling that that contrast in your brain because your brain wants cravings and it has all this stuff, you know, you might know this already, but you need to get a certain diet. You know, you have to have a diet or you have to have a food regimen. Even better is a food routine. Know when you're going to eat food, know what that food is going to be and eat that food and do it regularly. So if you do that and you know how to cook or you do that, these are skills that you can learn that can benefit your life, right? That, that can ultimately help you with the, the, the food addictions that you already have. You know, and you don't have to be necessarily like fat and overweight to, to, to see that you have a food addiction. It's not necessarily that. It's just this idea that you're getting dopamine from eating the cupcake or eating the little chocolates. And these little things, if you're doing it excessively, obviously can lead you astray can have you artificially being, you know, motivated to just do that. And so it's just going to be, it's an amazing thing what happens when you let go of these things. So the last subject I wanted to hit on today when it comes to dopamine, there's so many, by the way, so many aspects of dopamine that we could get into. But a major one is sex and porn, both, right? Sex has a natural effect on the brain because of our desire to reproduce. It's the number one desire in the world. Totally normal to have a dopamine release for sex. That's totally normal. But here's the question. Is your sex life not good? Or, of course, for some of you, non-existent because of your dopamine addictions to other things? How's that going for you? Do you want to have better sex or do you want to have sex in general? For those of you not having sex at all, try a dopamine detox. So just talk about sex, but you also can, by the way, be addicted to sex and use sex to create that dopamine release. And then if that's what you're seeking and that's what you get, then again, you're not going to be as motivated to do other things. And this is why um, a lot of fighters, a lot of, I mean, for, for men mostly, but ejaculation, it, it, it's like, I don't know, you, there's so many different studies on this, but how ejaculation can cause you to be obviously less motivated. I mean, any man who knows that experience knows what I'm talking about. You know, you're you're just not as motivated. You know, you're not as sexually driven, right? But sex drive is not just about having sex. Sex drive is also, again, dopamine and motivation for life in general. Sex drive is gonna get you to do, to work out in the gym, to look good for the girl that you might have sex with. Like it's actually a deeper thing that's a cycle, right? And so sex in general is that. But I just wanted to say that if you're not having good sex, if you want better sex, you need to try doing the steps that I'm going to list for you in a few minutes. I'm going to list these steps you have to take to get a better sex life, to get a better life in general. And so 
you want to have these these releases of dopamine in a strategic way and doing so disciplined so that those dopamine releases happen only during those times when you're doing things that you really should do, right? The other element is the porn, porn effect on the brain. This goes for men and women, by the way, and this has all kinds of effects, okay? Men are experiencing uh, erectile dysfunction. I mean, men are not, men are not getting hard for women that are in front of them because they're hooked on porn. Their brain is wired on porn. If you want to learn more about that, you have to read a book called Your Brain on Porn. It's a whole book. And there's all, the author goes on like Joe Rogan and some other podcasts and stuff to talk about exactly that, um, that experience. So you have to recognize that porn and porn addiction is also release of dopamine. Um, but also it's, it's absorbing your erotic energy so that you're not showing up for your woman the way you should be. You're not showing up for your man the way you should be. And or if you're not in a relationship, you ain't showing up at all to get some good sex because of your addiction to porn, because of your addiction to the easy way out, the easy way out of self-pleasure, of watching porn and just being in, in that existence. And so what it's doing is it's desensitizing. Well, guess what? The same relationship that someone has with porn they have with these other elements that I just went over, video games, um, marijuana and drugs, and alcohol, and cigarettes, right? Um, and also, um, oh my gosh, what was the last thing? The uh, the social media, the most m one of the most significant ones. But yeah, so that same, uh, that same level of, you know, desensitization that you're experiencing watching porn and you're not showing up in, this, in, in real sex the way you should, that real thing that's happening when you're hooked with dopamine going in the firing off on these other elements of life like social media and drugs and all this other stuff so when you're experiencing all that and you're you're just juicing all your dopamine out on all those other activities you're not realizing that that's taking away from the things that you ought to be doing the things that you really want to do okay so getting to that point right now. So, you know, like I want to just say also that it's not just porn that desensitizes. It is also toys. So for the women out there, if you're using toys and you have a partner, you should reconsider. Not going to get into that, but you can YouTube about that. Go down that rabbit hole. Probably listen to some other women talk about that. Um, but there's desensitization when it comes to toys and other things and other elements you're bringing into your, your routine on your own self-pleasure in your own journey that I think that, you know, is affecting the way you show up in the bedroom. And uh, look, I mean, this is just, on this podcast, we will cover everything and anything. So that's that's definitely, I'm not, I'm not shying away from anything like that. Now, here's what dopamine focusing can do for your life. So you want to, you want to get your dopamine that you have this beautiful drug, this chemical in your, in your, in your, in your body, in your brain, and you want to focus it in on things that matter. So you've got to, uh, committing to a, a dopamine detox, right? This is the first thing. And then you got to rewire. You have a rewire method that will dramatically improve the quality of your life. Okay. 
If you've ever wondered why you can sit with yourself and feel really motivated to do all these amazing things, but when an hour or day or week passes, you don't have that same level of motivation, then you're not alone. People who set intentions and goals in their life that actually get them done become obsessed in contrast to others who merely have unsustainable periods of motivation because of their lack of discipline. Now that we've discussed, now that we've had this discussion, we can see how it is a discipline of dopamine releases that we need to get control of. This is like saving your energy for the right time of day or activities. So if you know you're going to play basketball later in the day, you're not going to go run to 10 miles before you play basketball. This is just the same concept. Well, you are just juicing all of your dopamine on all these other activities before doing the one goal that you set for the day. And, and you're wondering why you get to that goal and you're not as motivated and you're not feeling passionate and you're losing the drive. That's because you were motivated all day by random other stimulation, okay? By following these simple steps that I will list out, you will set yourself up for some major victories. This is, yeah. It's a new practice that you can always do when you want to achieve higher levels of living. So if you're chilling right now and you're like, I don't really care about where my life is and I'm just, you know, on that chill, like you're in that chill place right now or you can't think ahead right now, that's fine. You know, this process is gonna be hard for you. Um, But if you're somebody who's sitting there listening to this and you're saying to yourself, hey, I need some level of motivation. I need something to really get me going and keep me going, okay? You, this is the secret. Like, this is the secret. Dopamine doesn't know the difference between doing something positive for your life or negative. It only functions neutrally. So the same thing you hear on these personal development podcasts and stuff about the subconscious mind and program your subconscious mind. Tell yourself that you're worth a million dollars. Tell yourself you're already there. You know, like this kind of thing. It's true because your subconscious mind doesn't know the doesn't know the difference between reality and fiction. Reality and fiction. Your subconscious mind does not know the difference. Similarly, dopamine, as I mentioned earlier, the chocolate bar will always be your choice. Dopamine will always say chocolate bar over the carrot. Chocolate bar over the carrot. Even though your conscious mind, your logical one that says the, that this carrot is healthy for me and that it will benefit my life and it'll feel better if I take this carrot instead, it doesn't matter. Your dopamine will say, just take the chocolate. It's what's better for right now. So it acts neutrally. So whether you commit to dopamine rewiring or not, your brain will never care. As long as it gets its dopamine fix from something, it won't matter how quote unquote, far you've progressed in life. You have to train your mind to start caring about your progress in life and feel naturally motivated to work on it. The only way that's possible is through doing the steps I'm about to list. Step one, discover a list of things that you do that are releasing artificial loads of dopamine, meaning that these are activities, as I mentioned in this podcast before, but even but broaden your scope. What are you doing that is genuinely not serving you? Like long-term isn't really serving you. I want you to genuinely think about that and list these things out. Now, this doesn't mean you won't be doing them ever again. 
but you'll ensure that your brain doesn't create artificial cravings to do those activities any longer. That's the goal here. The goal isn't to be like, quit video games and never play again. The goal in this scenario of video games is to recognize that it's the video games that are releasing all this artificial dopamine, which is not getting you anywhere in life unless you're earning crypto playing, I guess, but you're not getting anywhere in life. So you're going to transmute that dopamine levels by quitting the video games and moving them into something else. And so we're going to get into that. So let's see, you will only be naturally motivated to do those things with discipline. If you choose to, after you've completed the following steps. So if you want to go back to playing video games after you've done this process, then you'll be able to do it and you'll be able to do it in a better way and you won't be as addicted and you won't have nearly the amount of dopamine playing video games. Also, by the way, when you take a little, when you wean off something like marijuana, you wean off a little bit of drugs, you wean off a little bit of alcohol, or you wean off a little bit of sex or porn, and then you watch it again, or then you experience video games again, whatever, it actually feels a lot better because your brain's like, whoa, it's a new experience. And so even though it's not, uh, so that's step one is you got to find the, what those things are and you have to list them out. Step two, cold turkey quit. So yes, cold turkey quit the things that you know are generating this artificial dopamine release. The only way to stop it from happening is to quit doing these activities for a duration of time. So you can't just be like, ah, I'm just going to do a little less video games. I'm just going to do a little less, you know, um, social media. It's like, no, you have to actually cold turkey. You have to quit doing it at period. You have to quit doing it, period. So that's the only way your brain will go through step three which is to recognize the feelings of anxiety, depression, and fatigue that you experience. So you're gonna start experiencing this, this sort of depression, this dip, this like, oh, where's my, oh no, I just, I just wanna feel some, feel good, you know? That's what your brain's gonna to wanna to do because you, when you're playing video games, that's what you're always feeling, you're feeling good, or you're, when you're on social media, there's just this, all this dopamine, it's just so much dopamine, you don't even recognize it now. You don't even recognize it. So I want you to realize that when you quit, when you let go of that list of stuff, you're gonna you're gonna get hit with that dopamine like detox, you know, that that withdrawal, right? So understand that these withdrawal symptoms, that's what they are, are completely natural. They mean you are getting somewhere with this process of detoxing. Um, embrace the suck, as the Marines say. And this this process is necessary in order to rewire your brain. So you have to completely let go of these activities that you know are not serving you anymore, that you know are at least not creating the life that you want. You know, they're really not. At the end of the day, you know they aren't bringing you where you need to be. And honestly, if we're really looking at porn and we're really looking at video games and social media and other great examples that you've already thought of, if we're really looking at them, they're probably taking you away from amazing people in your life, amazing opportunities in your life, an amazing lifestyle that you have no idea that you can create. It's taking you away from all of this, okay? And that leads me here to step four. Find things that you know you truly do want to do to improve the quality of your life. This can be, as an example, working out, eating healthy, taking supplements, reading a book, having a conversation with someone in person, journal, plan, meditate, do yoga, etc. Anytime you have the urge to do the activities you quit, you quit, try doing any of these activities you decided were productive and positive. 
So here's the difference. When I said to you, you need to, you need to go and meditate. You're probably sitting there thinking, unless you do meditate, you're probably like, that sounds boring as fuck. Well, it's not going to be boring as fuck if you quit doing the dumb bullshit. When you quit doing the dumb bullshit in your life, you'll actually look at meditating and be like, oh my gosh, that might be really beneficial. And I actually feel motivated to meditate. Imagine that fucking reality. Well, also eating healthy. Oh, I don't want to, you know, eat this like, I mean, I healthy to me is eating a ribeye. So, I mean, I love ribeye. But like, you know, you, you have a salad and you're like, I don't want to eat that salad, right? And it's like, well, if you quit eating all the chocolate and all the candy and all the bullshit and you wean off of it, then, you know, eventually that salad's going to be really fucking awesome. And that's the point we're trying to get to here is when you take away certain elements of your life that are unproductive, like chocolate candy fucking bars, then you'll be able to pour it on with things that matter. You'll eat the shit out of that salad. And this is the point I'm trying to get to is reading a fucking book will be a powerful activity. It'll be an exciting activity. Can you believe it? Reading a book, exciting. You see, here's the reason why people aren't successful is because they're they're juicing all this dopamine on all of these random things that are not serving their higher purpose and they're doing it mindlessly, in many cases, sometimes consciously, but they're doing it and they don't set any goals. And when they do set goals, they're wondering why they're not motivated to actually do those goals. And the reason why is because their dopamine, their motivation for life is poured on to all those stupid activities. And so once you let go of all that and you detox and you become depressed and anxious and sad and you want to go back and play video games and you want to go jerk off, you want to go do all that stuff, it doesn't really matter. Because if you just keep weaning off of it and letting it go, reading a book and doing these other things, you will naturally be drawn to do it because you know that that's going to benefit your life because it's not that reading a book is boring. It's that reading a book seems boring to you relative to playing a video game. But when you create your own reality where playing a video game is not an option and reading a book is, your your brain's going to start to become rewired to get excited and have dopamine released to read a freaking book, okay? That goes for taking supplements. And and you, you, you know, come up with your own thing. If you like to journal or maybe I, personally, before this dopamine detox I tried, I didn't really journal that often. I really didn't journal. I didn't write. I wasn't really introspective as much as I should. I am very introspective. I write a lot of notes on my phone, but to let go of the phone and not have it and then only to have a journal, I started writing and I actually started enjoying my writing. I mean, I like writing personally. I like to type. I actually type this whole podcast out. You know, I mean, I, you know, I like to, I like to create content that's written word. So, you know, I, I just by me not being on my own dopamine bullshit, I had, I made the podcast that I just made right now. It actually took my own level of discipline to even bring this podcast to you. So you have to start, you know, motivating yourself. Well, you won't need to, by the way. You'll be sad and depressed for a little bit when you quit doing those other things, but you'll feel motivated to start doing the things that you really want to do. You'll really feel it, guys, I'm telling you, because I know that you know this. And if you're listening to this, you're the type of person that does write a goal and you are motivated by that goal. You genuinely want that to happen. You genuinely want to lose the weight or you want to gain the muscle or you want to build the business or you want to, you know, create this kind of lifestyle that you want, right? You really genuinely do. I know you do. And I know that you're listening. You're journaling this stuff and you really care about it. You really care about what the fuck you really want to do. 
And in that moment, it feels really good. But then the next hour goes by the next day and you just, you're not as motivated and you know exactly what I'm talking about. I am telling you right now that it is because your dopamine is driving you to do dumb shit instead of the things that you really wanted to do. The things that you sat with yourself and that resolutions, 2022 bullshit, that you sat with yourself and said, this would be an amazing life. Well, if you want that amazing life, you have to let go of these other things. So here we go to step five. Do this process for a week or more. I would say start with a week. A week of just like total, you know, freaking commitment on this. A week or more to properly train your mind to release dopamine for the things that actually fulfill your life. Rather than those artificial activities that have no long-term benefits. That's a big one. So do this process for a long period of time. You know, find that period of time that fits for you. If it's three days, if it's a week, try a week, you know, whatever it is, just try this process. I'm telling you, it's so worth it. Step number six is repeat this process as time goes on to ensure detachment from artificial dopamine releases. Try this process with different things at different times. So, hey, you're, you're addicted to social media and you want to focus on social media, but you also play video games. Well, then, you know, detox from social media, play your video games if you want, or balance it out. Personally, I would say let it all go because your dopamine is, is it's got to get focused. And so if all your dopamine is like, okay, I can let go of social media, but then you're on, you're playing video games. It's kind of like, again, it's, you're not going to get the, you're not going to get the motivation to do your, the quality work. Like I said, you're not going to get the motivation to do the productive things. If you, if you're selective at the addictive things that you know are unhealthy for you. That's why I'm saying you have to cold turkey these things. You have to decide to let go of these activities that you know are sucking your life force. And until you do that, you won't actually feel motivated to do the things you really want to do. If you want to wean off of stuff and you want to try it, try it at first and then do that, I guess. But really, I'm telling you, you really have to try doing it all at once. <clears throat> so you don't have to do everything at once, uh, but it's helpful. Uh, now that you have allowed your brain to sustain dopamine from productive activities when you've completed these steps, you won't need the activities that were less useful for your life nearly as much, okay? You can reintroduce them at a later time. Observe your level of addiction to these things after going through this process. So as I mentioned to you personally, guys, personally, like I said, I was addicted to weed and I was addicted to video games in high school. I know that's like teenager shit, but without truly recognizing or connecting the dots, when I sold that TV, oh, I'm sorry, let's start with this. When I went to college, I didn't bring any weed and I didn't bring any, like my bong or whatever I had, right? I didn't bring anything. And I call it, no, there was no way for me to smoke pot. So there was no way for me to even consume it. Well, what happened to me was, I, of course, I let it go. And then when I, later in life, four years later, five years later, I bought a bong, you know? But I was scared that I was like, oh my gosh, if I do this, then am I going to be a freaking pothead again, you know? And guess what? I mean, it was five years, so that's enough time, to be honest. It's not that I didn't smoke for five years. It just was I didn't have any of my own shit. And so, yeah, for five years, I got back. I, I bought it, and guess what? I wasn't nearly as addictive. It wasn't anything. It, it, it wasn't motivating. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't care to do it. It was just a here and there. It was very occasional. Very disciplined. Same thing for video games on my end. Video games, my experience has been that I was addicted in high school. Like I said, sold my shit when I 19 years old, sold my TV, sold my Xbox. And then uh, three and a half years later, 
bought a TV and an Xbox, got really scared because I thought I was going to be addicted, and then I wasn't. And so what I'm telling you, I'm not saying to wait years or let these things go for years. I mean, I'd say probably some things you should let go for years. But you really need to look at really cycling on and off of these things that you're doing that are total waste of time. And it's not just because, oh, it's a waste of your fucking time. No, I'm, I'm dead serious. When you let go of the dopamine that you get from the bullshit that you're doing, your dopamine is still there. Your dopamine is still there and it still wants to be driven. It's the life force, the motivating life force of energy that you're going to have to do anything else in life. You're going to get that for the things that you really want to do when and only when you make those things that you truly want to do the only option. So I hope this helps guys. I hope that you guys enjoyed this podcast. Like I, you know, was going through a lot of this whole thing. And, uh, I think that, you know, people really should benefit from this and please share this with your friends, family, however you want to look at it, but try it yourself, try it yourself and tell your story. That's what I think everybody here should do. So I appreciate you guys all tuning in. You guys have a great rest of your day slash night. Peace.